Hi there, it's Greg from RPM Technic. Thank you very much for tuning in to another one of the RPM Technic Talk podcasts. A couple of weeks back we were at the infamous Nürburgring and spent three days there, two days with Destination Nürburgring and one day with Manti. Uh, on the Wednesday I managed to grab a few moments with Lars Kern who works for Porsche as many of you will know and here's what he had to say for himself. Yeah, my name is Lars Kern. Um, I'm 34 years old and I work as an engineer for Porsche AG in Weissach uh, in the whole car development. And I did some funny stuff in the Nürburgring as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks very much for uh, your time today, Lars. I know you're a busy man um, with some of our clients today. But uh, um, it's an interesting point you started with just then because a lot of people know you for being a driver, but you're actually an engineer first and foremost. Exactly, yeah, that's, that's my main job. Um, and as I mentioned, I mean, sometimes I get to drive uh, wild stuff here at the Nürburgring, but mm. the main job is... Yeah, looking into vehicle dynamics, like in the whole car development. So I'm not actually uh, actively uh, developing suspension or stuff like this, mm -hmm. but uh, I do drive it, and I'm allowed to say if I like it or not. Yeah. Uh, how did you How did you start then on your your sort of Porsche journey? Um, they employed me ten years ago as a test engineer, um, and I took care of like press cars and prepped press cars and stuff like this just made sure the cars drive well and uh, more and more they found out that there's some talent hidden hidden and yeah they put it me into cars and into race cars and yeah it it worked out pretty well and this is how it grew it was never meant to be like this but uh, yeah, it just mm -hmm. happened like this and so when they because obviously a, a lot of people know you for saying fast lap times and and record times um, being an engineer first and foremost, did you find yourself looking at the mechanicals or did you just step aside and just leave that to the engineers? Um, yeah, especially in, in, in pro, I think it helps to, to have a, a general engineering and mechanical understanding, but yeah. um, I prefer to, I think, yeah, I prefer to not to be too deep into the systems because nowadays we have so many systems in the car yeah. it's hard to also for us to identify which system um, yeah does what so I jump out and I'm like okay the car does this and that so basically what a, a driver does mm -hmm. um, and I talk it through with the with the other engineers or the system engineers mm. and then yeah we try to find a solution for, for the things I feel or for the things I would like to have better and um, yeah, I think it, it it does help, but it's not my job is not typically like an engineer job would yes. would look like. Yeah. So the cars that we all drive, is the are the final setups decided by you, or is it as a team? How do you get? Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never say I, I define or I decide about a setup. I mm -hmm. think um, it's it's good, or it it honors me that I'm asked uh, for my opinion. Yes. On the cars, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't say that I have to green light anything mm -hmm. or yeah it's just uh, I'm one of the guys who, who is allowed to say uh, yeah how he likes it or if he likes it yeah. and especially when it comes down to lab record stuff then obviously I'm I'm involved a little bit deeper mm -hmm. but it's really it's different in every project and uh, sometimes it's I don't know in the Panamera I'm more involved than in GT3 or mm -hmm. it really depends on the project on my and, and on my schedule as well so and so when you when you do those faster laps and obviously things like we're sat at the moment a GT3 RS that's got a 
a vast amount of you know adaption to suit your driving taste but with a Panamera or a KN not so much so how how do you how do you sort of fine tune it um yeah i mean there it's more you you tune your you fine tune your driving around the car you get because yeah. as you mentioned uh, on a car like this uh, you got plenty of setup options mm. to play with um I mean, in a Cayenne or in a Panamera, if you're involved in the project pretty early, I mean, then you have a set of options as well to choose from, yeah. um, but not at the final stages of the project, uh, obviously. So, and uh, for example, in the Cayenne Tour with GT, I was involved at a pretty early stage and throughout the whole project. And uh, yeah, it's one of these cars where I'm like really, really proud because the car drives so well. And I mean, I can understand every sports car fan not being a big SUV fan, but I think like just from the from the physics what the car can do for how heavy it is and yeah. it's pretty phenomenal because it's a it's a really interesting point because a lot of the time when we take out you know uh, one of our clients that's never been here before the first thing they usually say when they get out of the car is it feels so strong mm. and you know from an engineering point of view how are they how how are they creating that is everything over engineered um, I wouldn't say it's over-engineered, but <clears throat> we have like internal um, checks or like uh, stuff we have to fulfill here around the mm -hmm. ring. And you, you're going to see Porsche's testing around the ring every week of industry pool mm -hmm. where other manufacturers maybe come here once or twice a year. Yeah. So we have our own uh, place here, own workshop, um, big workshop. So every portion no matter which one it is uh, sees the Nordsch life quite often yeah. in the whole development process not only for setup but only but also for durability testing because mm. you sometimes see people getting a little bit fatigued with lap times and talking about the Nürburgring and without being cheesy you sometimes have to explain to people but if if a can turbo coupe can do it here mm. it'll be able to do it on the m25 and that's why it's not all about the time yeah. it's about being able to withstand what you boys put them through exactly and especially i mean we we basically for us it's a it's a bench we benchmark all of our cars at the end of, of the development phase and if there's a chance of having a record like like a SUV record or four doors sedan or whatever then we start to activate like the marketing part of it yeah. but other than that we all, we would always drive the lap time for our like own check if we fulfilled our or yeah if the simulation was correct and um, yeah if we yeah gain performance from the last generation to the next and just yeah. to see where we are mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and I mean it was going to be one of my later questions but 7 minutes 38 in the KN that must have been frightening oh, it's <laughs> you're supposed to be locked up yeah I, I was I was here like 2 weeks ago with uh, some some journalists on a on a track day as well and um, I gave some taxi laps in a, in a KN and I mean there was McLarens, Lamborghinis, uh, Porsches, uh, whatever. There was nobody over who overtook us. So the car, and also like in, in customer hands, the car is so drivable. And so we did two days of a track day yeah. um, without working on brakes or anything. Yeah. Um, so there was no no alarm or warning. So it was pretty impressive mm. also for the journalists uh, to, to jump into SUV and do two full days of Nordschleife, um, drive around, uh, yeah, faster cars like GT3s or whatever. Yeah. But the car really opens a lot of his, or it unlocks a lot of the potential it has to anybody who drives it. Mm -hmm. And this is like key. Uh, same with the cars like this, like a GT3 RS, 
made by uh, RPM or, or Montai. Um, the key is always to unlock as much potential as possible for a customer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking of GT3 RSs, have you have you had much time in the new one? Uh, no. To be honest, I was not really involved in this project. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, we are a big company. We have a lot of cars in the meantime, so. Um, I do race on the side as well. I have a family with two kids, so I cannot do everything. And in the past, I did all the GT cars. We had always we always had two drivers, and um, we always agreed that it would be better to only have one. Yeah. So f- for the G3 RS, uh, the whole development process was uh, basically driven by Jörg Bergmeister, okay. um, who is a brand ambassador as well. And I think he did a tremendous job. The cars. Really, really nice. I drove it in a, a couple of occasions, but I will not. I will not be in the car for for a record attempt or fast lap attempt. Who will be? Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Will do the job. And because with that car, one of the it seems. Obviously, I've never driven one yet, but the it looks to be on paper one of the biggest step changes potentially in performance for a long time. The driver's got a lot more adjustment, and you kind of sit here as a. You know, I obviously work in a, in, a, in a business where we fine-tune these. That's now giving the client more opportunity to mm. fine-tune it. It's going to be interesting to see how that works. I, 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 I still think it, it leaves space for for aftermarket fine-tuning because mm-hmm. you can always fine-tune. Because we our cars are developed for a pretty wide um, range of uh, usability. So it's good on the street, it's good on the autobahn, it's good on track. Mm. If you only tra- only track it, for sure, there are options um, to to make the car better on track. Yeah, it's going to be worse on, on the street, yeah. but it's, it can be better on the track. So mm. I think there's still um, yeah there's still stuff to do um, if clients decide to only track the car. But um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I think it's a pretty big step, but it's it has always been a big step, and it's it's always going forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm always impressed. With the next generations of cars because sometimes you think okay it cannot be better mm. and then they appear with something like like the g3 rs now where you're like okay yeah crazy because god i had a passenger lap with you earlier thank you <laughs> um, uh and the, the first time i ever went out with a professional driver in one of these i, I couldn't get over the imagination that you engineers have of oh yeah we can go faster than this yeah. you know my humble brain's thinking yeah, don't want to go quicker. Mm. So like today, obviously, this is a Gen One we're sat in, but obviously you have the Gen Two and the Two RS. Um, how, how or where? I suppose if you're racing, you're, that's pushed your acceptability of how quick you can go through yeah. that corner, and it's pushing the road cars that direction too. Yeah, I think that's pretty beneficial. Uh, I mean, this year I'm, I'm driving in prototypes. Also, this just extended my view on aerodynamics and mm-hmm. grip and yeah, drivability again. Um, but also there, I mean, at the end, it really comes down to, because we sell our cars to customers, not to professionals or racing drivers. So that's yeah. why drivability, and as I mentioned earlier, un- unlocking as much performance as possible for like a average customer, this is, uh, this is key because, um, yeah, I mean, nobody likes a car where he's afraid of. Yeah. Um, yeah, people have to jump in the car and be comfortable with what they have. And I mean, if the the ratio between power and grip and um, aero, it's more towards grip and aero, Mm -hmm. it's always beneficial for drivability. And I think this is what we have now with the G3 RS. Mm. Because I get it so often where 
um, clients come in to buy a car or look at a car and they kind of say, well, 500, 520 horsepower, my RS6 has 200 horsepower more than yeah. that. And when they drive it, they can, obviously the weight is a massive difference, but there's no way we can demonstrate that on a public road no. to, to show them why it does what it does yeah. with only 500 horsepower. Yeah. yeah, so it's a big difference. Yeah. Now, it's for me, that's not, uh, yeah, as, I, as I said, the ratio in between all the aspects, it's what's, what's key and it's not always the faster the more fun or the faster the better it's also how it feels and how you can control and how much potential you can get out of your car so mm. i mean it doesn't need to it doesn't need to necessarily be 700 800 horsepower no it's no. yeah uh, do you think that the the 992 will be quicker than the 2RSMR time that you set no way won't be quick no that's for sure inclusive. not <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> I'm 100% sure that's because of the power yeah yeah Yeah, because I mean even with the with the GT2 RS MR we put it a lot of aero mm -hmm. I mean yeah static aero I mean it's not uh, it's you cannot you cannot uh, work it it's not active but we have so much power in the car mm. um, that it overcompensates for a lot and um, even with that much power and that much aero we could do a lot of straights and corners flat mm -hmm. Where now with G3 RS, obviously you can do it flat as well, but mm. it's just 20 k's less. Yeah. So yeah, it just sums up uh, oh. o over overlap for sure in in the technical areas. The G3 RS is going to be way faster, mm. but on every straight, it just GT2 RS just Walk, pulls yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. Um, have you ever rewatched that lap and thought, mm, could have done a bit better here and there? Uh, <laughs> I know. I don't tend to do that. Um, I saw some some people like commenting on it. Um, at when I did my first record lap with the Panamera, um, there was some guys saying like, "Yeah, I could have done this better and this better." And this was basically the point where it just stopped thinking about it. Or yeah. I mean, I know because we do data and yeah, after every run, so it's not that we show up here and drive one lap and go back home. Yeah. So it's like a, a development over like days or weeks mm. where we prep like such a such a record drive. So yeah, in a perfect world, I think a six. 36, 6, 35 could have been possible, mm -hmm. but you never have perfect conditions here. Nobody yeah. has, so I think it's a it's a fair deal for the lap time we have. It's I think it's pretty decent. Mm. And was there a was there a point when you first drove the MR version compared to the street, you know, to the production version standard car? Was there a point like out here where you thought, oh yeah, here's where she's different? I mean, we always in the development of the GT2 RS. Um, we, we exactly we did we did the 647 uh, clinched the record uh, mm. took it away from Lamborghini back at the time and um, but we said okay we feel that there's much more potential in this car yeah. but back at the time they didn't allow us to do anything mm -hmm. um, but as I was racing for Mantai back at the time uh, yeah we sat down and we're like fuck yeah we would like to put this and that and <laughs> but they told us nope 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 mm -hmm. it's the fastest car in the, on the, in the world on the Nürburgring so we keep That's it nice. where it is mm. then Lamborghini went faster and then they were like yes okay. now you can <laughs> and then yeah. yeah and then we just yeah ripped the GT2 RS apart and put it aero stuff and it was pretty short notice I think it was like within two weeks wow. uh, yeah, we built the car we put it th I mean the first dampers we got we just ripped them out of the GT3R mm -hmm. and put them into the, into the GT2 RS Impressive. so it was pretty yeah it's pretty straightforward and pretty hands-on mm. it was just some mechanics some engineers and we were just hammering it yeah. and uh, then we drove it and yeah the additional arrow it, yeah, it made such a big difference mm. and the suspension gave me so much more 
yeah, compliance on entry. Mm. Um, as I'm a, a guy who always needs uh, a lot of rear support uh, trailing into the corners. Yeah. Just my driving style. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, there with the additional aero and the additional rear support and suspension. Yeah. It's really beneficial for me. So it was straight straight from the first meters. I was like, okay, that's gonna work. Yeah. Um, but Do you ever? And I guess it's your job. But you know, whenever they go right, we're gonna try and set a lap time here. And you know, you, as you leave the pits, and the whole team and the engineers are all looking at you, and you think, oh, better make a mistake. Did you not think? Uh, they know. Thing? They know about. Uh, I mean, I know about my responsibility, but they also know how difficult it is to. I mean, you're never gonna get a, a perfect lap. Mm. because it's 20.8 kilometers and they yeah i mean they are realistically enough to understand that it's not possible to to uh to have a perfect lap um and i mean it's it's part of the job and i, I love it i love the pressure but the best feeling is when it's done it's yeah. not it's <laughs> not the feeling while you do it it's after it's done yeah <laughs> I, I think i read an, uh, an interview with you one saying about the first time you you know, to RSMR, you kept it flat through. Yeah. I only did it three times, and it was yeah. the three records. Yeah, I never did it in Pretty a. Good hit rate, I, ne right? I never did it in a prep lap because I was like, no, no, it's no point of because uh, if you have enough with over three hundred, yeah. What does it? What does it do under the bridge through that? Yeah, or yeah, three hundred twenty or. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And if you were to, you know, if a if a guy was saying, hey, why should I? Um, put an MR kit on my 3RS or 2RS. What? How would you describe the differences? It's 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 really. I mean, it unlocks unlocks so much potential of the car, which is normally hidden only for pretty professional drivers. Yeah. Um, the absolute performance of a GT2 RS MR or a GT2 RS, or just that I mean production car versus Monte car. Um, it's it may be five seconds like in an average or six seconds mm -hmm. but i think if uh in in the hands of a customer it's at least double yeah um and this is where i see i mean a lot of people they invest in whatever uh more engine power and stuff but yeah just invest in 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 uh, suspension and aero mm -hmm. and drivability because this is what it what it ultimately is and then yeah get some somebody to coach you and to to show you how, what the car is capable to do mm -hmm. And then it's uh, yeah everybody everybody loves uh, the the GT2 or GT3 kits, mm. and it's also here around the Nurburgring. Uh, there's no other car where customers are driving that fast. Yeah, yeah. That's and for me that's a clear sign of yeah it's uh, it's a pretty decent product. Mm, uh, very good. Yeah, and I mean changing the topic very slightly with the potentially with the next evolution of the the 992 the, the Gen 2 vehicles people are talking about potentially having a hybrid type system or a turbo system with them was your feelings about that um i mean to be honest and i don't have any feelings or positive or negative on on that um because same with a Taycan, for example uh, when we first launched it or when we developed it i was like i was having like bad feelings because i thought it's heavy and it's not sporty and but then finally i mean they surprised me how good the car is and mm. um, from that point i decided to just trust them yeah. that the next generation going to be better mm. i don't know how and why yeah. but it's going to be better yeah and it's something that we, we find crops up with the next generation of cayman and boxster being electrified potentially and i say to people well maybe that's true and it might not appeal to 
maybe the old guard yeah. that have liked them. But do you know what? You know what will happen. That'll be the best version of an electric sports car that's ever been put on the road. Exactly. Yeah. And this is how I look at it. Um, and ultimately, I mean, I'm employed by Porsche, and I don't, I don't want to be involved in all the homologation process and and stuff. Mm. And if we need to produce more electric cars. It's for a reason. Yeah. Maybe it's even a reason I don't understand. Mm. But if this is the the direction we want to go, mm. that I tr then I gonna try to be involved to make the best electric cars ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because as you say, it's always about moving forward, and there's no two yeah. ways about it. You know, if it has a turbo on it, it's gonna ultimately give it probably a quicker lap time yeah. if that's how you want to make. Yeah. It it's also like for example with electric cars. I mean, from a driver perspective, um, there's nothing better than initial response or torque and uh, like an electric car has. Mm. So I was a little bit involved in the Mission R or Mission, yeah. The, I don't know how, like how the they, exactly. The yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Um, and I was so impressed mm. um, and if this is just it was our first electric race car and if this is just a start yeah, yeah. yeah. incredible what we're going to see in the future because in the video that car sounded like ear-piercingly loud was it just that that video <laughs> no it, that? It, yeah. it was like this and and also there I mean it has so it had so much driver involvement yeah. that because a lot of people are like ah oh, it's boring and, and no sound and no driver involvement I was like hey I mean I was fully involved it's mm. so fast um, you can you can dial in the car exactly as you want so it opens new new opportunities new chances and yeah we have to stay open-minded for new technology so I'm always a fan of trying new things yeah, yeah. so bearing that in mind with you know, looking at new technology but what are we right in saying what they're going to, what Porsche will probably be working on is making these battery systems lighter so that it mimics more of the the balance of a of a petrol engine. I mean, engine car. for sure, the whole industry is working on the same. Okay. They're trying to make it, I mean, more range and lighter. Like, yeah, and it. yeah, as I said, and if though, if you look at the capability of the electric cars now and it's the first or maybe second generation of electric cars we see in the world mm. um, if this is only the second generation I I mean everybody I think everybody should be able to imagine how good they're going to get mm. yeah. if we keep on developing yeah yeah just don't sound the same yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's true but I mean yeah we have to move forward and yeah. nobody liked us putting turbos on the engines and now everybody wants turbos on the engines because mm. it's yeah just making more power yeah. and yeah we talk emissions and homologation and yeah I think everybody has to uh, play a part in this in this whole game and the whole environment uh, friendly game and um, I think if we can combine uh, to have emotional sports cars and we reduce um, yeah emissions and stuff I think I mean it doesn't hurt anybody no definitely yeah. well um, just before we finish so obviously we're at the Nürburgring today well obviously you can't see us but, hey. um, <laughs> but uh, I said to you when we came back in how many laps have you done here and you sort of shrugged your shoulders thousands <laughs> yeah I have no idea I never it's a it's a random question but um, I never started to to count um, but it's always when I show up at the Linton Hotel um, they tell me that I'm for sure the guy who spends the most nights at the Nürburgring uh, <laughs> within the last years um, so I think it tells a lot um, and this is also where it comes down to for for all this stuff and all this record stuff uh, because I mean we have a lot of yeah we have a lot of good drivers factory drivers at Porsche but they spend like uh, yeah, 200 days a year in race cars mm -hmm. and maybe 10 days in a street car yep. and for me it's exactly the opposite way around um, so 
I'm a specialist in, in, in street cars, they are specialists in race cars. And if you would put them um, into my position, like doing Nürburgring all year long, uh, yeah, they, they would definitely outpace me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that's their job, that's my job, so it's 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 good. It's I just mean, how it changes, I, exactly. So. And so obviously, this place attracts lots of newcomers every year still. What would be your um, some anybody listening who fancies coming? What would be your? It's probably too general, but what would be a, a good bit of advice to start off with? Um, I would always advise to start on the simulator mm -hmm. and on videos. Yeah. So don't come here if you don't know every corner, um, what's like coming after what, because other than that, it's just a waste of time and a waste of money, and yes. it's dangerous on top. Um, so only come here if you know the track. Um, visually and then start with a slow car mm -hmm. take, an, uh, take an instructor so you, you don't teach yourself any wrong stuff or wrong line mm -hmm. so yeah take an instructor for the start and then just put laps in yeah time behind the wheel yeah, yeah. yeah. have you got a favourite portion section of the track I like everything after Hohe Acht because it's really technical mm -hmm. it's pretty you have to keep a lot of momentum um, it's it's nice uh um, I mean, a lot of people are always like, yeah, they, they love the, the balls corners, like Flugplatz and Schwedenkreuz. I'm not a big fan because I know if I have an off day, it's going <laughs> to be big. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I prefer the slower, like mid-speed yeah. mid corners uh, where it's still technically yeah, interesting, mm -hmm. but it's yeah, where it's not that dangerous. Yeah. And, all right, so I've got one last question, which is the uh, the 919 Evo time that Timo, is it Timo set around? Yeah. Yeah. Would you would you ever fancy a crack at that? No. <laughs> 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 I feel like yeah, yeah. Getting, I mean, you get dizzy watching the, the yeah. video. So I don't want to see myself in one of these cars. It's mm. just too fast. I mean, even even if you jump in a G3R compared compared to a street car, mm -hmm. everything's everything happens pretty rapid. You have to recalibrate exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I cannot really imagine how it's going to be in such a in such a car like the 919. So uh, no. Did you watch that lap like all normal people? Like I, I, I was, yeah, I was there. Oh, you were there uh, yeah, I was there. I, yeah, when as soon as I knew that they're going to do it, I was like, okay, I have to see that live because it's never going to happen again. Yeah. So I went to Flansgarden two, mm -hmm. and watched how he how he came down and how he went around Flansgarden two, and it was just like, no I mean, yeah, it was like. <laughs> How? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a wild lap. Yeah. Watch it. it looks like it's on fast forward. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 exactly. no. But, uh, well, listen, I've taken up plenty of your time, so I really appreciate you uh, um, coming out to have a chat. And, um, yeah, we're going to have a beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye.